Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. How's it going, man? I am all right on a rather cloudy Thursday. Cutting it close this week. I had to move it back a day, so I promise that I will send this to Troy as I leave this evening. Yeah, because, you know, we hate to leave Troy hanging. Well, there's been a couple of nights where you've called me at 10 o'clock, been like, hey, Troy, oh, damn, I forgot to, because it's a bit of a process, so i got to go home and send the file to Troy, so I will do it as soon as I get home. All right, so we're, we're counting on that, uh, Troy especially, I'm sure. And hopefully this show drops tomorrow so we can be pretty topical today. How about that? It's fun being topical. Yeah. It's, it's nice the, to sort of not be talking about three-week-old news by the time folks hear it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I did want to kind of mention, um, you know, when you and I first did this, um, you know, you actually had that intro to the show which said if um, – if both the right and the left are, are, are mad at us, we're probably doing something right. It was close to that. And we've kind of dropped that. But, you know, one of the reasons we decided to do this is there's so much yelling and screaming and polarization out there. And if you just look at the last two weeks of this show, two weeks ago, we had on Aaron, our uh, Caucasian uh, good friend from Berea Pond, who is a great family man, a great guy, very conservative man, gun owner, gun dealer. And then last week we had on Dave Townsend, African-American, Democratic uh, political activist, certainly, uh, you know, quite left of center politically. Both great guys to have conversations with. I'm sure the four of us could go out to dinner, have a wonderful time. The, the, the You know, the debate and the discussion might, li- might be lively, but that's really what we thought we were going after when we started this right yeah i think it's really nice and and i think you make a good point which i think is what more people should understand is that if you take dave and aaron who are both good guys and if you probably put them on facebook screaming about whatever topic of the day they're just going to be like what an asshole like i really hate that guy those two guys sitting at a dinner would laugh have a great time and really enjoy each other yeah and maybe we do to talk too much politics. I mean, I'm a lover and I'm a hobbyist. And, I, I, you know, I've often said, Tristan, if uh, if people uh, take like Brandon at our at Galaxy, who's our mechanic and, you know, grew up racing. He loves NASCAR, knows everything about it. Sit and watch a, a, a NASCAR race for four hours and never miss a beat. You know, I'd be painfully bored. But at the same time, if Brandon spent a Sunday morning with me watching political show after political show, he'd be painfully bored. And I get that. Right. But maybe I do spend, maybe we do spend too much time on frickin' politics. You know, Mar talks about that. Your, your dad's friends, you never really knew what their politics were. And they were probably all diverse, but they all just kind of got along. We have gotten maybe too focused on political views. I think it's probably fair to say that in this room, and it's definitely fair to say it in America. You know, even in the 80s when I grew up, I remember being a little kid 
and just hearing so many people say, you know, we just don't talk about religion and politics. Right. And everybody were, you know, they, they were held, held pretty true to that. Right. Yeah. Which was nice. And now the problem is you jump on Facebook and you see your third grade teacher who you just love talking about, you know, screw Bud Light. And you're like, oh, man, not Mrs. Johnson or whatever. You don't. it's better when you don't know everybody's every single thought all the time. So that's interesting then. So in some way it goes back to freaking social media. Almost always seems to for me. Because it is really, what, 20 years? It's not that new. No. I mean, it's not. At this point, it's not, what sure. I, it's not that old. It's it's, it's relatively new. Sure. It's still in its infancy. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, <clears throat> must be dead. Edit point. <laughs> Excuse me, Tristan. Dad's flooring. But um, I'll remember that sneeze. I don't. When I listen back on our shows, I don't always remember everything we talked about. I remember sneezing. <laughs> but, you know, you've said that since we started this podcast. That um, And I have other friends who say it. I'm not. I'm just not astute enough social media-wise to really make that determination, but I think that's a great way to look at it. You would have never known Mrs. Johnson's politics. You would have never known that she supported whatever's going on with Bud Light, but now you do. Right, and I guarantee you, myself certainly included, there's people that I like a lot less because I know their extreme point of view, and I know there's people that like me a lot less because they know I happen to lean left. And these are people that I would probably really, really like and people that would probably really, really like me. And I think I've had to back myself off a lot of that over the last few years. Like, you just really cannot hold this against somebody, even if it seems very extreme. Like, you sort of have to leave that at the door and just take the person as the person, right? It, it, which is sometimes hard and gets harder when it's thrown in your face every day on your device. And I guess to be fair, Drizzen, in addition to social media, if you go back to the 1970s, you had newscasts in the evening and maybe meet the press on Sunday morning. Now you've got 24 hours of this stuff just getting crammed down your throat and you can pick your poison. You can right. go to MSNBC, you can go to CNN, you can go to Fox News, and they're all going to be blasting you all the time, beating the other guy up, talking about how terrible they are on that side, you know, and that's not probably great at the end of the day no it's, it's a it's, lot to filter through it's bad and then you have politicians that i think would, would have been less likely to sort of be extreme that are now they realize it's almost like the whole sex sales thing it's this anger and vitriol and this uh world of you know i can't think of the term but uh where you're being wronged what am i looking for uh, oh a grievance grievance yeah, culture grievance. It, it, it really sells <laughs> like people really just get on board well my life's not what it should be, and it's your fault. And right. you know, my kid's getting this kind of education, and you did that. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier for people to just blame the opposite political party sure. than it is to just say, uh, maybe I'm not the best parent. <laughs> maybe I can do better. Maybe I should do better. You know, there, there's a lot of things that yeah. if, if one thing I've learned about human beings is if they can not take the blame for something and blame somebody else, they will absolutely do that. That seems to be seems to be rather uh, universal yeah so uh, you, you definitely see a lot of that and it's easy to scapegoat with politics and culture i had a funny uh, you, you said today's national story national day? story okay, day cool. we have to tell a story so here's a cute story from yesterday so i often go to meyer um which won't make sense to listeners who are out of our area but meyer is a stone's throw from galaxy bowling so i know meyer well spend a lot of money like there a walmart probably for yeah universal, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry and meyer walmart. is walmart yeah midwestern i think out of michigan i don't know that they're in the northeast i think i only saw them here but it's a it's a big chain definitely and um in fact i don't know if you know this fred meyer was the congressman from michigan he got beat because he was one of the 10 republicans who stood uh, in opposition to trump 
Did not know that. Yeah, he's fairly wow. re- fairly conservative Republican. He's of the Meyer family, so you know politics sometimes becomes the uh, uh, hobby of wealthy people, which it did in his case, like us. But he, yeah, but he was being very true. So I'm at Meyer, right, and I'm I'm checking out, and there's two young kids, probably both Eastern students, twenty twenty two, and this fellow my age or older, um, he's some ways down and the kid finds a bag that he missed so he starts hustling down he probably runs 50 feet sir sir and he catches up and he comes back and he says to the young lady she's punching in the numbers he's bagging like the old days and he uh, he says that was your fault and she says that was your fault and they go back and forth like four times Tristan so I had to interject I was like not for nothing but all this stuff is buying soda bread I, I said I'm hauling all this over to Galaxy Bowling where I manage and I manage 25 20 somethings and I hear this all the time man Too it funny. was perfect yeah. that was your fault no that was your fault and they were serious yeah. like they were blaming each other for not getting that old man his bag neither one was taking any of the blame what is, what is it in the psychology I think one of the best things i ever learned as a really young man and i don't remember the story per se but i learned to just say i'm sorry i'm not one of these guys that refuses to say i'm sorry yeah. trump famously refuses to say he's well, sorry I don't know that he ever has i don't have much room for those people and i struggle with people who refuse to take any blame because look we all suck a little bit and sure. we're all gonna mess up so yeah. it is good i think to step back and realize oh the holy jimmy whatever you can actually take some blame and take some responsibility the look, holy jimmy like well say? i was gonna say your name and then my name oh and just like oh whoever random yeah, guy insert random person like well i Todd can't take any blame. But you make really? a great point, man. And actually, that's funny because Todd at work can't take any blame. So, Todd, I hope you're listening. <laughs> but, 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 um, uh, but those people are difficult, man. If you're a person who never takes blame for anything, whew, it's a tough person to deal with. It really is. It's like, oh, Jesus, this guy. Yeah, it, you know, you did it. You, it's there. I'm looking at it. Just, into, I'm not mad. Just tell me. You know, I'm getting gonna get mad if you. Oh, it wasn't me. It must have been so. You, you, you fucked it up. Just admit it. Yeah, I, and I don't understand that psychology. I don't understand why. And it is hard for humans, I think, generally to do that. And I, you know, and I've seen people that just do it for spite. You know, like yeah. your wife's gonna say it, like, nope, I didn't do that, and you do it just for the sake of, you know, they're trying to put that blame on you. Then you're, I'm not gonna take that responsibility. But it, it just becomes this weird thing and I feel like as a culture we are less and less likely to take responsibility and blame and it's a bit of the which we've touched on a lot in the show it's a bit of these parents that run to school inside with the kids instead of the teachers like you sure. don't learn to be wrong you like there's no point where you have to sit back and think I fucked up I made a mistake you know absolutely yes I've often said the best lessons are in life are from loss sure you know um, I think it was Pat Conroy the great author of uh, Prince of Tides and uh, great Santini and others um, who said losers write the best stories you really want to? I mean, you do want to read Bill Gates' life, you know, biography <laughs> from standpoint of, you know, it's a pretty amazing story. But losers write the best stories. Yeah, you know, they really and the best lessons true. in life come from loss. A hundred percent. You know, there's a lot to be said for winning. I'm not advocating losing all the time, but fucking loss is a part of life, a crucial part of life, and dealing with it is is a huge. Huge part of your personality that has to be there. I think, you know, again, I'm going to sound like an old boomer, okay boomer and all that. But, I, I, again, I have some knowledge of where I speak, managing a bunch of millennials, being the father of two millennials. 
and it's not just the blame, but it's the constant, you know, well, what do you mean life's not great? Well, what do you mean, you know, my happiness? It's, I get anxiety if everything's not perfect. What? How did we, how did we evolve to that or devolve to that? It's, it's a weird thing. Man, I wish I had a great answer for you, but yeah, I think it goes along with this. We have no attention span. I mean, you know, I periodically think about. What were you saying? <laughs> just sitting imagine sitting in a waiting room now without your phone to stare at like oh i tell raymond all the time tristan he talks about raymond being my son he talks about separation anxiety like i'll bust his balls but i don't go too far with it he'll get up to use a bathroom or something and forget it and i'll grab it and what we're dead where is it give me and like he's serious he wants that phone i completely uh, can relate separation anxiety he calls it Isn't that yeah. fucking crazy man and that's not a, an exception. That's the rule, right? I would think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a little of that in me. Like if I was a, you know, Friday night and I busted my phone and didn't have it, like I would be like, oh God, who could I call to borrow a device? You know, it would be crazy. Man. It wouldn't be a wait till Monday, like it may have been 15 years ago. And like see, I would. Tristan, you know, and again, we always say this: we do no rehearsing and no real topics. We're just here chatting, and that's probably obvious to most. <laughs> but um, I've Fair. often said that about this device, which. I'm holding in my hand my Apple, whatever the hell it is, 11 or something. Um, Humble brag. Oh, was it? I don't know, honestly, because oh, I don't know. I don't I know. <laughs> I, I, what's what's the new one? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm an Android guy. No, so. That's not yeah. something I put a lot of stock in. Maybe it's a 7. The only reason I said that is I noticed Ray only has the one camera. I've got two, so it, and I think his is like a 7. Nice. But um, these damn things, they're such a paradox because they were going to relieve everyone's anxiety. Because mom, dad could always get in touch with little Mary, little Johnny, and vice versa. They could always be in touch. But to me, all it's done is increased everybody's anxiety. And I've seen this with my own dear wife. She calls Ray, and maybe I'm resp- maybe I'm guilty too. And if he doesn't call back in three minutes, she's got him in a ditch on the side of the road. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's fucking increased anxiety, man. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I read an article today that my uh, wonderful cousin Ricky sent me. It was uh, the about the movie The Sandlot 30 years oh, later. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, great movie if you're familiar with Sandlot. Oh, yeah. But they were talking about... Smalls? Was that Smalls? Smalls, yeah. yeah. So yeah. 30 years later, like, what couldn't you, you know, do in that movie again? Which, it was set in the 60s. But they were talking about, you know, people... You couldn't just leave for the day and have adventures with your friends. Like, right. you, you know, you don't leave for an hour and you just go with your buddies to go do something now. It's where are you going to be? You've got your phone. I'm going to text you and see where you are. And like, how do you, I don't, I guess, evolve as a child into an adult when you don't get that separation? And I'm sure there are people who would sit here and say, well, of course you can't now because of how dangerous things are. Things aren't any more dangerous, Tristan. Agreed. They're not any more dangerous. It's just that we have gotten so anxious as a people and so worried about everything that you're exactly right. And so if you want to harken back to the good old days, which to me, everything's the good old days. You know, MAGA, make America great. Two things. When was it not great? And if it's not great, what's not great about it? I, you know, I'm missing something there. But if you do want to say something about the quaintness of it, what you're describing is kind of a quaint notion of you open the door, you ran outside. But there's so many factors that go into that now. Kids also wanted to be outside then. Now outside's the punishment because all the stuff they have, their tablets, their computers, their video games are are inside. Well, phone's mobile, but are inside, right? Yeah. We used to, like, 
my mom punished us by keeping us in. Yeah, exactly. Now you're Same. punished by being thrown out. <laughs> I mean, that's a societal change. It's so different, man. It is It is weird, and you wonder the the effect. I mean, and you assume everything will balance out, and people will just be people and normal or, or whatever, their version of normal. But it is different to think that it wasn't that long ago. You know, that's the thing. Even 90s. Certainly you know, my lifetime, your lifetime. Definitely. you're 20 years younger than me. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing I think that does get overlooked. I mean, I'm a lover of history, and I say a couple of things, you know. One is, I, I said this often, Tristan, two, maybe maybe hopefully only 150, but it could be two or 300 years, people are going to look back and they're going to go, what do you mean they burned fossil fuel? Well, didn't they know the damage they were doing? Yeah, they knew, but they it was of comfort. It was, you know, it was comfortable. It was very um, convenient, and it took a long time to, to move. You know, we're saying the future. We're moving sure. away from fossil fuel. But, Christ, it's a long time, and I don't think in either of our lifetimes we'll see. Certainly not mine. We're not going to, you know, maybe 100 years, maybe 150 years. So that's that's a thing, and I, I don't think a lot of people comprehend that kind of a thing. Like, well, why now? Because you're always thinking you're the best and the greatest, and look at the age. No, they're going to look back at this age and be, you know, not quite like we look at the Middle Ages with bleeding, but it's going to be like they burned fossil fuels for 200 years. What the fuck? Didn't they know what they were doing? I, I think the funniest thing about that, or the, the craziest point to me, is that we are to the point now that we know that, but for yes. political reasons yes. and other, right. we just don't. I think. Right. That's well, we the, do. I mean, there are advances being made. I sure. mean, electric cars are everywhere. Fair, no, but, we're but, seeing the future, but it's a slow process. Yes, but it's there's a slog. In, in our state, with the Friends of Coal license right. plates That's and right. the Friends That's of Coal right. human beings. And it's so funny, Tris, and you know every time, so just for by way of background, these Friends of Coal license plates are very prominent. They're black, and you can't miss them. And you just know, and I'm going to offend somebody here, but you know that. You just know that's a... Here, so here, back to the politics. You just know that's a right wing asshole. A hundred percent. I will. I will. I will substitute. That is not the, a Biden voter. I will take the asshole word out. Okay. Yes, okay. It's just a right winger. Definitely a Republican in, in that vehicle. To, to your point, a hundred percent. And they are sort of advertising, right? Yeah, and you know, and there's some good arguments for making sure the technology is all there before we completely switch. There are, I get there it, are. but it is fascinating when you know how bad certain things are. I mean, it's like smoking. You know, it we, is. we watched Very what smoking comparable. did to human beings Very for comparable. a long time. That's right. You found one doctor you could pay $800,000 right. to who oh, come out and say, bad. it relieves your anxiety. It calms your nerves. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and so then you had, you know, a generation of people that said, man, Dr. So-and-so says it's still good. I think that's a really valid comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So then we've got that now for the earth. And I think we know better and we've got to quit pretending like there's any good that could come out of literally polluting the entire world. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And as a common sense thing, I'm not like you. I'm not one of these people that says, let's everything's green tomorrow and it's all wind power and uh, ignore everything. I mean, do it in a safe, rational way. But, but don't be but, completely opposed just for the exactly. opposition. Don't yet. Yeah, don't just, just be. You know, we got to use coal. No, you th see, <laughs> things are transitioning. We figured out that this is extremely dirty, right? Uh, and, and it's time to move away. But the other thing I was going to say is the, the the study of social media. I mean, we are still living in the moment. It is still relatively in its infancy as a medium. Um, Twenty years, really, and and. Pro and con, like every technological advancement ever made, pro and con, um, pro being, of course, staying in touch with old friends and, and having all the information that you want at your hand, fingertips and being able to stay in touch with your kids, yada, yada, I get that. But there's some pretty serious negatives that you talk about a lot, and I don't think any of the ramifications of that have been fully flushed out in any way. Yeah, agreed. And we're going to see that as, you know, every few years, I think we're going to start to see that more and more. 
So you're going to tell a story. Before you do that, shopping cart theory? Have you ever heard of it? Have not. Okay, so Andrew laid it on me the other day. So I Googled it, and I've gotten, I've actually, actually, I think, because I, I knew we didn't have internet, I took a picture, which I think is here, and I might, whew, I probably need my glasses, Dresden. But How do you not uh, have internet here? Oh, I do. I, maybe I do. What, yeah. what, what, but I can't send that. We don't have Wi-Fi, but your phone oh, should have gotcha. built-in okay, internet. Okay. Yeah. So that's just me and technology, like I said. So <laughs> lately, lately, there's been a lot of media focused on what is called the shopping cart theory. In a nutshell, it's essentially a theory that states an individual's capacity to self-govern depends on whether they are the type to return the shopping cart or yes. leave it to the cart, leave yes. it next to their So do you return shopping carts? I do always return the shopping so carts, I. but I so will I. say, uh, I don't know if that's that's not been my life. I was certainly as you a bastard. 21-year-old, I would sometimes, sometimes not. I'll take it a step further. The other day, I chased one down, having nothing to do with me. I saw a cart rolling, and I was like, that's not good. So I put my stuff, I, well, I didn't my stuff i oh so here's what i do because i am lazy i always park next to the sh cart corral <laughs> oh nice always That's so funny. i just tucked my cart into the cart corral or maybe leaned it against the car and i sort of hustled i don't really run anymore fast walk and grabbed this cart it was a little bit windy and i knew it was going to slam a car right. and i got it before it did so That's i actually awesome. took it a step further but that's interesting because you know some of those you see some of those people that just leave it literally in the middle of the parking yeah lot, which you do is, see that a lot and it is, is pretty selfish right and then i think the older you get and, and i always give myself a bit of a pass because i was basically raised in a barn but the older you get and you start to realize sir you poor <laughs> i know i never talk about it on the show i should bring that up more but yeah i think the older you get you sort of sort of start to realize look it makes a difference when you do the right thing right there you like go. you know you can't just yeah. always take the easy shitty way so. out right? yeah i think so yeah it makes a difference when you do the right thing that's a nice way to put it exactly so yeah and again i try to give a pass to somebody that looks like they were also raised in a shed or you know but <sighs> but you still it, it is, right from wrong yeah. Well, you know, like littering. When when I grew up, oh, yeah. mom would throw the McDonald's out the window. Like, you know, just be driving. Oh, this that's crazy. So that's, I was raised like that. So yeah. I was probably in college before somebody said, bro, what are you doing? That's wild. And I was, you know, and then it sinks in and you think, oh, well, I definitely shouldn't throw shit out the window constantly. That's right. That's horrible. And then now, you know, very, very conscious of that type of thing. So there is some evolving that goes on in, in your brain. But I think some people are just happy to say the same. Right? Like, you just yeah. do bad things and you don't care. That's the way you learned, and right. that's what you're always going to do. Yeah, I think that's right. But that's wild, the littering thing. You know, that probably was more prevalent years back. I mean, I... I might have thrown a few cigarette butts, but I just, even as a kid, I couldn't take a fucking bag of garbage and throw it out of a, a moving car. Oh, that'll remind me of another story, though. I got it. <laughs> it is National Tell a Story Day, so. <laughs> you want to hear a story? Let's hear it. What do you okay. got? 18, maybe. And we're going up to Unadilla, New York. And, of course, I, like you, you grew up poor, and I don't know if anybody knew that. I grew up in New Jersey. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if people know that. These two. But, we put a dollar in the New Jersey <laughs> and poor jar today. But Unadilla was probably, I don't know. Are you okay? You're struggling. Dude, these allergies, allergies yeah. and they've said this year they've the worst they've Terrible. been in decades. Yeah. So even the last show, me coughing, this show, probably got another show. Apologies in advance, yeah. but or not it's, in it advance. Is, but, it is uh, allergies. It, yeah, it's it a is, nightmare. It is the season. Yeah. So me and... 
three, four buddies are heading up to Unadilla, New York, where there is professional motocross. I couldn't care less, but we were told it was this huge party, and it was like all the way up Routes 202 and Route 17, and it's probably three hours from home, and we're 18, and I've got this old shitbox Chevy Malibu, the, the 69, the green, that I think Mr. Tui had given my dad because it was on its last legs, but that's something that Matt Yeager and I, a good, a good friend, talk about is some of the piece of shit vehicles we drove yeah oh my god i can were, relate they, to they that were, you really don't see old beaters on the road they're you rare don't as much no yeah. now, they it's were fair. everywhere yeah. in, the, in the 70s right certainly in the 80s so this car is just struggling to make it up there and my buddy guy shane which is really funny because at a young age guy was an environmentalist and he grew up and, and wound up sort of pursuing that as a career but we're drinking and driving because that's what you did in 1979 and this fucker he's we're driving uh, along uh, uh, like one of those high retaining walls on routes I believe it's route 17 I'm driving and he gets this great idea Tristan it's so out of character for him that he's going to we're drinking these Schmidt 16 ounces we used to call them pounders he wants to see what it'd be like to have the glass crash off that wall was that Schmidt's gay from Saturday Night Live <laughs> no that was a beer Schmitz. Oh, okay now he's left-handed okay so he's gonna be able to throw it so the window is halfway it's halfway down, and drunk high, whatever. He attempts to do that, except he rolls the window up rather than Oh, down no. And throws the <laughs> fucking glass bottle. Like, I'm driving, and, and I'm like, guys, like, Buzzy, Buzzy, I can't believe I did that. Now my window shattered, Tristan, from a beer bottle from a buddy. Wow. So we pull over, we tape it up. Like, when we find a plastic bag, duct tape, we get back out on the highway. Whee! It comes in. It's, like, wrapped around my head, you know? Yeah. So we, I just throw it down. We go. It's, it's like October, so it's cold. We're chilly. And then I, we got some cardboard there, and I didn't couldn't see out the way out. So I get home, and what do I tell Dad? Somebody threw a football through it, Dad. We were up there, and some idiot threw a football and busted the window, and I never got caught, but he threw it right oh through. God. So there's the story. Threw it right through the window that while we were driving. Funny. Now, do you bust uh, his windshield? That was windshield? the 70s. You bust his <laughs> <Yeah>. to get even? <laughs> that football got your car, too. Oh, my God. Guy. Oh, man. So That's National funny. Story Day. You've got one? Well, yeah, this is a, just something dumb I did this week. Um, <laughs> so How often do you say that? Oh, God, every single week, multiple times. I've got this 1971 Jeepster Commando that I've, I've been working on. I picked up. I had one in community college. That's cool. And so I found another one. Anyway, it's it's uh, it's been redone, but it's like the finishing touches are still to be done to it. So I took it to Amco in Richmond to, to do actually some gas. MCO. That's it. Beep, beep. Uh, to do some gas tank work for me. And we ended up. I thought could, they just painted cars. Amco? Yeah. No, they don't. They're transmissions they're known for. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, I'm thinking of somebody else. But they yeah, do yeah. whatever. Double yeah. MCO, right, right. So uh, he takes it, and they move locations while he's got it, and then we can't find the right gas tank for it. Anyway, it becomes a bit of a cluster, and they have it for like a month. And so I go. He gets it. He gets it fixed up and working. This was Tuesday. So I go this week, Tuesday, to go pick it up. I get in it, and uh, gas tank work. He said we had to drain your gas, but we put ten bucks in it. So that's not much gas these days. No. So I thought, okay, well I got to go get some gas. So there happens to be a donut store and gas station right next to Amco where they're at now, which is going toward Waco on whatever Irvin Road. So I take it over, I park it, 
I thought, well, I don't know if I want to use a card. I've got some extra cash. I'm just going to go in and prepay like old times. And so I go in, I get some donuts, and I prepay 20 bucks. And I go back out, and there's some old guy standing by the car or standing by the Jeep. So he starts talking to me about it. So like, I just get in this conversation with him. Actually took a picture of it while I was sitting there because I hadn't seen it in two months. And, the, uh, and so then I just get in and drive off. And I'm, you know, that's seven, eight minutes outside of Richmond. I get back into town and it's our sputtered. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I just had this stupid thing fixed. It feels like something in the gas, like this is bizarre. And it hits me as I'm getting to kind of Richmond's only bad part of town, which is sort of back down from Wallingford where there's the big trailer park. And then also, you know, it looks like it's a white trash hood and kind of a hood hood kind of meet at the same spot and and it dies and i realized i forgot to pump the gas so i had walked in and bought donuts and came out and had a conversation with this old guy did not pump the gas that i paid for so i'm sitting here and that pisses you off oh my god well plus it's a part of town going towards waco that i go to maybe once every two months that is too funny so you ran out of gas ran out of gas completely stuck like literally it looked like on one side of the road it was the wire and on the other side of the road it was like the beverly hillbillies i'm like man this is the worst place ever to just be stuck and against richmond's not that bad no, but it's a little there's bad. a few spots you this don't is want to be one of those spots yeah and so luckily i've got some businesses that are close by and one of my the clients brings me some gas and I, I, only in know, kentucky yeah so i managed to get out of there but so stupid thing to do so who did you call uh, Chris at Be Cool Window Tent. And came out with... Yeah, brought, said, no I just happened shit. to have like So what did you do while gas. you were hanging out amongst the hillbilly and the wire? Man, I was just kind of <laughs> standing around. And you know what? And, Asked and for some weed? I, had, I did not. And I... Yeah, it was... Uh, nobody it was, approached you? Nobody approached me. There was a guy that was literally, I'm pretty sure, making a drug deal on his cell phone, sitting on the hood of his car, as close as me and you, to where I, it completely broke down. Never said a word to me. Stayed on the phone the whole time. Black on the dude. hood of his car. Yeah, black dude. And I just, it was, you know, it was different. But that's just damn funny. Sort of hung out and got that's the gas great. and got out. Now, do you know about the Jeep Wave? Uh, not off the top of I, my I head. I never no. did either. So there's a, so if you drive a Jeep, you've got to wave to every other Jeep driver. Oh, I did know that. Oh, yes. okay. Of course. Yeah, the yeah. Jeep Wave. No, I yeah. never knew it. Yeah. And it originated, I think maybe it's another World War II thing because those guys drove jeeps in europe is it okay and so hey man drove a jeep yeah, yeah yeah i think it's a world war ii lineage that's awesome yeah. i never knew the history of it but yeah. i've always now i will say this like i've always thought that was so cool and i'm a waver anyway so if i happen to have i don't know a dodge if i see somebody with the same car i always wave oh, that's funny they never wave back no one ever waves at me because we have matching cars but i always do it it's something i do do you get any jeep waves Always. The no, Jeep see? people are great. No, the Jeep people always wave. So that is, yeah, yeah, I, they I, are on it. I wasn't even familiar with it until a couple of weeks ago. I read something about the Jeep wave. There's a lot of Kentucky. There's a lot of the one finger. So you got your hand on the, the hand steering on the wheel, wheel and the one finger That's comes it. up. There's a lot. Yeah. I, I've actually adopted the one finger. Now, I there's sometimes get that middle finger yeah. a lot the way there's I another, drive. Well, that's Jersey. Yeah. There's a lot of that <laughs> finger. No doubt. Hey, I've got another good story I'll tell you. This is pretty funny. I'll determine uh, if it's good. Quick. That one was good. Okay, thank you. So I had this lawnmower, just an old push lawnmower I've had for like two years, and it started leaking gas. And I only use it to mow my ditch. So I just need to have gotcha. like a, just a cheap ditch yeah. lawnmower. Yeah. Couldn't just basically couldn't get it right i mowed the ditch but it leaked the gas out and it was running rich so i put it on facebook marketplace for 30 bucks just to you know get this lawnmower out of my way so i like put it online the next morning i have like 30 messages about this cheap 
throwaway lawnmower. So I'm responding to everybody. Most of them from the neighborhood you'd been in where you ran out of gas. Exactly. 100%. And so, so I've answered everybody that night, and so I start to get people that want to come look at it the following morning, and I say, you know, yeah, that's fine, but I you know, I do some commercials and stuff early. I was like, you know, get with me uh, after 1030, I told this one guy. And uh, so anyway, somebody had also messaged and said i'd like to look at it tomorrow also and so i think the thing when you're selling stuff on facebook marketplace because half those people are full of crap is whoever shows up with the money gets the item now if if you say hey i'm on my way hold it for an hour i'll do that right but outside of that if you're not on the way and somebody else is like hey i'm in town here with the money yes that's just what you do and uh, so this guy calls me up at about 10 20 and I told this other guy, you know, 1030. So he shows up, buys it right at 1030. And uh, so the other guy messages at 1045. Well, you said I couldn't come until 1030. I was like, well, you know, it's 1045. But, you know, I sold it. And so he replies back like, you're a sorry motherfucking oh, asshole. Wow. And I just think, what is wrong with your life when you miss out on a $30 lawnmower? No shit. And I just think, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the whole, you know, people don't know how to, you know, deal with not getting their way at every single turn in That's life. It. And again, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't trying to fuck this guy out of a $30 lawnmower that right. didn't half work. Right. It was just somebody beat him there that morning at around the time that I was finishing up with what I was doing. And I didn't think, man, I better go back and message this other guy first. I figure he'd be there waiting at 1030 if he wanted it. But man, just an overwhelmingly hostile uh, hostile response to yeah. something that was way less of a big it deal. Needed I to be. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that is the edict on uh, marketplace. First come, first serve. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's a modern day trading post, right? Sure. Yeah. So, and again, had it been a car or, you know, right. I just think, right. man, it's such an insignificant thing to be that disproportionately upset about. Right. Yeah. Well, I can well, see that. Yeah. That's my life. So, my wife yelled at me when I left the house. She didn't yell at me, but did you just see what now? I'm wearing? Yeah. That's some serious bling. I was going to ask my, you about See my chain. That I can't bling, man. I can't wear with her. I've got this this big gold wrapper chain. You, yeah. And the big gold ring. Okay. Now, what do you think about cultural appropriation? Is that what you think that is? What does your ring say? That's what my wife implied. It says unity, and it's based on a Dave Chappelle show skit that Rick James had a unity ring that he wore that he smacked Charlie Murphy with and left the impression of unity on his forehead. So I picked that up when I saw it. I just thought it was hilarious to wear it for for comedy's sake. So she said cultural appropriation. She did not. She said people think you're trying to be black, Mm. which the nice way of saying that is cultural appropriation. So my thought has always been on cultural appropriation why would anybody be offended if you're so enamored with a small part of their culture that you mimic it Uh, what is the adverse effect of that i don't know but you know white kids take so much from black culture so we're watching the nba the other night jimmy butler goes off for 56 against milwaukee and jimmy is they're showing him and he's you can you can read his lips plain as day and he's saying this my shit this my shit. So I got to ask Raymond. I'm, I'm like, Ray, what's he saying? And yeah. he's like, what do you mean, Dad? This my shit. And I'm like, well, define it. Like, I get, <laughs> I get this my house. Yeah. And I get I'm the shit, but this my shit. Yeah. And Raymond's like, I can't explain it, Dad. This my shit. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't understand that, you know. And and but but now, I, but I said to Ray, I said, so you do understand it? He said, yeah, I know what it means. And I said, well, 
the black guys will be changing it because as soon as white kids adopt it, they come up because black language is fantastic. Sure. That's where rock and roll came from. Yeah. You know, Alan Freed heard these black guys talking about sex the night before. Man, we were rock and rolling. You can hear it. Yeah. And just the alliteration, rock and roll. Perfect, right? Yeah. Black language is just great language, and it influences white kids. So they'll they'll find something else now, and the white kids will be left with this my shit. But so what is this my shit? I'm, I, that, to me, and again, I'm a 42 year old man at this point, also white. white but uh, you know, I would say like if I was good at something, I, I would be saying this is my shit. Well, that this was what, what he was I'm, doing. It's what I'm okay, good at. Right. This is what That's I do. That's a better explanation right. than what Ray gave. You. Yeah, Ray okay. was like, Dad, you're not cool. Just okay. This my shit. <laughs> this my shit. Yeah. So if you were the best salesman and you made a big sale, this, this my, my shit. shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> okay, when I, when I drop my top ten list later <laughs> and you're rolling, this my shit. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. That would be my interpretation. Thank you. That's that. That that clears it up. All yeah. right, I got it. That's too funny. Man. But again, like, and, and there must be <laughs> there must be a line where cultural appropriation. You know, I'll say in high school I wore the um, you had the flannel shirts that you button only the top button, which was big in the Hispanic community at that time. Mm. So that was kind of a thing that the rural white kids would do, or you know. And I think a lot of that comes from being socially, economically in the same place. Like we were poor, the rappers were poor. That they were rapping about stuff about being poor. So you kind of you related to that in a way. I just don't understand, I guess, and I should. I think I'm smart enough to know, but maybe I'm too close to the subject. What is the drawback of being liked so much you're mimicked? Like, what does that take? Does it take from the culture and somehow the culture loses some of who oh, they are? That's a great are? question. I mean, I, I, really I This has been a good question now, for Dave. Now, if, very true. And uh, if you're asking me if I would wear that, no, but no. I'm, a, I'm a very uncool. I actually am quite cool, but I don't work to be cool. <laughs> I don't work to be cool. It's just the natural, the natural cool that well, I. Well, there's no know, work here, Ray. I promise. I, uh, not emulate that I espouse. You know, <laughs> it's just the natural cool. But no, I couldn't wear that gaudy uh, necklace and that ring. But as far as you wearing it as an affront to, or would a black person take that as an affront? I mean, I guess they could, but should they? Is your question? No, probably not. That's an interesting conversation. Yeah, so, I don't know. But your wife thought, perhaps. Yeah, like, you look like you're trying to be part of the black community and right. your, your ring and your necklace. It would have been great for you. No, and yeah. I will say this. This is not something I would typically ever wear out. It was just I was coming to the studio, thought I could throw it on and enjoy it. Is it as does my, it have value, or is it just a... No, this is costume. It's costume. Yeah. So, but anyway, that, that was my big question for the day I yeah guess. that's a good question yeah and i would love to have somebody in here to that would you know maybe be an authority on that that, that could say this is really why all right so but again like if america is a melting pot too like why wouldn't i want you know that, somebody to steal whatever i'm doing and vice versa like we're all just trying to get along and be together there's that but then if if a black person were offended or a person from a different culture were offended uh in the case of the hispanic uh, shirt wearing that you mentioned before what would be the possible reason that they'd be offended what, what do you think? Again, all I could come up with is this is a part of who we are, not a part of who you, you are, you so are. you don't get to do that. Yeah. But again, to me, it would be more like if somebody saw a car. Right. If yeah. somebody saw a car that I was driving and said, oh, that's so cool, I want one, and they got one, I wouldn't be like, you would dare steal my style. It would be more like, well, cool. Because this my shit. This my shit. So you don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but, so we solved nothing. But I, nothing. Take, I, I take Laura's point. I, I mean, I get it. But look at the fucking shorts. That was one thing. Or not shorts, the pants. That was one thing we didn't allow. It's, you know, these kids get a lot of freedom. But when Raymond started dragging those pants around his ass, because his cousin John did it for a couple of years, yeah. I was like, no, you are not doing that. No, no, seriously. <laughs> I believe I, you. Like, I was serious. It's still funny, but Ray, I believe you. No, know, it is. Yeah. I, and because I, you know, we were pretty 
liberal parents. We'd let them do, you know. But I drew the line. I was like, Ray, you're not going out of the house. And if I see you wearing your pants like that, there's going to be trouble. You're not doing that shit. You know, because every little white kid was, you know. Yeah. And it was just, I, it just bothered the shit out of me. Really? What yeah. was what was the genesis of why would why would that bother you that bad? I just, mean, it just I mean, I guess terrible. It, it just looks sloppy. Well, like black, you, white, green, or, or orange. Everybody says it. Black, white, green. Who's green? Who's orange? Black, white, brown. You're wearing your pants around your ass. It looks terrible. It looks disrespectful. <laughs> sure. You look like a slob. That's yeah, why. that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's why for me. Yeah. You okay. Know, not appropriating any culture, just you look like a fucking slob. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're not that cool. Well, you just took your baseball hat off. George Carlin used to have a line. Nobody above the age of 30 should wear a baseball hat backwards, especially you white guys. Black guys, you might be able to get, get along to age 40, but will you ever see a white guy with a baseball hat backwards? But that was Garland, right? He hated everything. Different time, too. I think now it's, man, you know, people used to wear suits to ball games, yeah, and did. I think there's no argument that even in the last 10 years, the dressing down of the culture as far as what people will... You, you go to a nice teachers, nice enough steakhouse. Teachers dress pretty nice. Oh, now man. they come to work and sweat sweatpants and a goddamn t-shirt you go to the nicest steakhouse around and find somebody in sweatpants now yeah, it's, it's terrible it's bizarre yeah and again you know this is me well, you. you like you i, I, I think so. they don't let you into jeff ruby's or tony's do they <sighs> maybe yeah. maybe some of those some of the really nice places in lexington but I, mean, uh, I would at least hope you'd feel a little put out if you were in sweatpants and well, tony's well i would say what's the one-off exit uh 108 in lexington right the one that everybody talks about. It's just slipping my mind right now. Not Jeff Ruby? Not Jeff Tony? Ruby. Um, God, it's the Ruth one. Ruth Chris? Not Ruth Chris. A big uh, steakhouse up they've, there? They've got all the autographs on the wall. Everybody's got the signatures. I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Because it's out of my league, obviously. But anyway. The, so anyway, I was there a couple weeks ago. and not there was Malone's. Malone's, oh, thank Malone's, you. Yeah. Which I don't know if somebody would say like yeah, that's. No, that's not high, high end. Super that's high end, yeah, but, yeah, but high end enough okay. that you probably shouldn't be in sweatpants yeah. and, you know, oh, ball right, caps. Right. And there was certainly plenty of that. There was. Plenty of shorts, plenty of ball caps, plenty of t-shirts and sweatpants and all that. So. There's a great Sopranos. You you did or didn't? I've asked you this I did, yeah. Times. yeah big you remember the Sopranos guy. where Tony walks over to the kid and has him take his hat off? Yeah. It's great because he does it in a really, and he winds up buying him a drink. And, and the kid at first is, you know, for who the fuck are you? And, and Tony makes it pretty clear, A, who he is, and B, we can handle this one way or we can handle it the other way. So if you remove your hat, I'll send a nice bottle of wine over. If you don't remove your hat, we're going to have some. Yeah. And the girlfriend is like, take Tristan, take your hat off. Take your hat off. Because they're, you know, he looks and he's like, this fucking asshole with a hat on. Take it off. Yeah. I mean, I do kind of get that, Tristan. But, and even that's well, early, mid-1990s. And I would just argue that the culture, as far as what's acceptable in the pandemic, didn't help. Now, is even worse. I mean, man, you go every decade and you look at an average Major League Baseball crowd and it is astounding right. how uh, dressed down folks are now. And I don't think you have to look at that. I think churches were really church. Were. Uh, exactly. Churches where churches where the change took place. When and I, and yeah. in some ways, when I was a kid, there was no jeans at church. No, and in some ways, you can blame the Catholics for that. Um, I, I, I have a pretty good knowledge of the faith, having grown up in it, and uh, Catholics were very. Here's why the Catholic faith is the most successful entity on the planet, because they're always willing to change to keep the givers happy. They realize that some of those mores of getting the whole family dressed were becoming an impediment to people coming. So they were like, nah, we can relax that a little bit. And they were the first ones really to kind of allow blue jeans. And then it just sort of went from there, man. Interesting. I didn't and know that. I mean, if you went back to the 60s, it, it was a fucking hour getting the family ready. I bet. Because everybody was dressed, the, you know, the Sunday go to go 
to meetings, Sunday go to church clothes. Everybody, you took, you wore your nicest clothes. That's it. And that really, I think, church is the first place it changed. Then schools followed, and then everything else. It's fascinating. You know? And there's no problem with dressing a little better. I I don't. I dress only okay. I could dress better even for Galaxy, but it's it's um. Yeah, I don't know. Dress for success, Tristan. Now, Raymond tells a story about being at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, right, where he's working for the fraternity, where he was always in either a suit or a sports coat. And in this wow, instance, nice. and in this instance, he was in a full suit, shirt, tie, right? Now, this is the biggest game of the year. This is Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. This is Ohio State, Michigan. This is Auburn, Alabama. I mean, the people roll out. And he had gotten pretty well, pretty good feeling the night before. It was a bit hungover. And he had some business, but he's there and he's like, oh, and he noticed that they were stamping your hand. And it was a re entry, right? So he's like, ah, let me try it. So he goes up and now, mind you, he's in a full no, suit. Yeah. And ma'am, I, I was in the stadium already and somehow I missed the swipe on the, oh, that's fine. Head on in because he called me. He's like, Dad, I got it in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. He had never got his hand stamped. <laughs> but he said, if I'm in a pair of jeans and a fucking ripped T-shirt, she's not letting me in. Oh, that's I'm true. I'm dressed in a full piece, you know, full suit, shirt and tie. Sure. Looked important. Woman let him in. And there's a million examples of that. Right. Even. Yeah. Yeah. You look a certain way and you try to take something back to Walmart, like they'll wear you out. You look, you know, if you go in there dressed up, looking like, you know, you don't have to be there. I mean, it's just yep. the easiest thing in the world. And I saw both sides of that for a from doing it as a kid to, you know, you got to take something back as an adult now and, you know, a different class, I guess you'd say. But it's it is fascinating that, yeah, man, just uh, looking a certain way, dressing a certain way opens a lot of doors and you're perceived a different way, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you definitely are. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. It's psychological, too, Tristan. You could argue that you actually feel better about yourself. Sure. No, you know? look good, feel good. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, again, you don't see a lot. It's kind of to play on the stereotype, but like the big fat trailer park queen in Walmart and the awful super skin tight leggings and, you know, the shirt that doesn't fit. That's not a woman that feels good about herself. Right. Like she's not, right. you know, so I certainly think that there's a lot of mental and happiness tied into to how you appear. I mean, which doesn't always necessarily mean a suit and tie, but like. If you're wearing your best clothes that you like or that you want to be wearing, it certainly makes a difference, I would say. Yeah. No, absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Well, did you write some things down? Well, I, you know, I've, we haven't touched Lemon and Tucker fired. What about that? That's a pretty big week, did I, right? I, did I text you that headline? Somebody up in New York had a headline that said, uh, "Nip." Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Fox nips Tuck, CNN squeezes Lemon. Yeah. <laughs> Fox nips Tuck, CNN squeezes Lemon. That is pretty It was great. very bizarre that they broke on the same day. That was strange. I mean, it certainly wasn't coordinated. The two networks, you know, no. Weird to, to see Carlson, that. What if they just switch spots? Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be but great. Carlson, obviously, it was backlash to to that lawsuit. I mean, you can say, oh, well, sure. Rupert Murdoch is a multi-billionaire. What's $780 million? It's a lot. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Somebody was pissed, you know? Yeah. I'd say a lot of levels of people were pissed at that. But again, I think, you know, a lot of people like Tucker and think he's reasonable on a lot of issues. But man, to me, one of the things that I thought was just the worst that I'd seen, you know, because some of his stuff's far out, the wokeness and Mr. Potato Head and the M&Ms and all that. I, I, don't. I get it. He's preaching to a certain choir. But, you know, when he aired the January 6th footage, man. only the cleaned up version of just only the parts where people weren't fighting. Man, that was that was pretty misleading and really, really rough. I thought for their audience. Yeah, I've uh, I've never really 
ascribe the word reasonable to at least the Tucker Carlson who appeared on Fox, maybe when he was an up-and-comer, but he was fairly unreasonable. And apparently he had a lot of power within Republican circles. Like, he was thinking of himself as a bit of a kingmaker. He could get senators elected and perhaps even a president. So, um, yeah, it's... um, it didn't hurt my heart. I kind of chuckled. Yeah, it's he's not a very likable guy. He doesn't seem to be. And, and again, like I say that I don't by rarely watching his show, but certainly just the clips and the parts of you know always mad about wokeness. And again, it's the the bubble. So being in the bubble, he's very dislikable. I think so. And Don Lemon is whatever. He seemed to have gotten a little angry. He seemed to have gotten a little bit angrier. Um, I guess they thought the morning slot was a better fit, but he, I don't know. He just, I, I, I kind of get the complaints against Don Lemon. He was very, certainly narrow in his shit. He, you could never, you know, t- he, fa- he fell out. It was that, uh, the guy Aaron mentioned, that Ramsey, he's starting to Ramy, R-A-M-Y, I think it is, Eric Aswani, I think that's close to his name. He's an Indian American, um, maybe first generation. He's only he's younger than you. I don't think he's forty yet, but he's throwing his hat in the ring. Obviously, he's not going to be president. Have you seen him at all? Yes. So there was an interview with him and Lemon that really went south, and you can kind of see. I think it was Poppy Harlow's on there, and she looks really uncomfortable on the set. And um, they cited that when they let him go because he was just really treating the guy like shit. He's a very affable guy. Yeah. He's uh, he's got a good personality. Laughs. He's he's conservative. He's a right winger. But you know, I'd listen to him. I'd sure. hear what he has to say. Yeah. He's young. He's got some new ideas, and he, and he's an affable dude. Um, and they were talking about culture and race and so forth. And Lemon's like, "You're going to tell me about race? You look at me. You know." He's like, "Easy now. You know, I'm not white either. You know, we can talk." But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Don Lemon. I, I get, but Tucker. I, that was kind of shocking because he is their biggest star on Fox and. Yeah, like Bill O'Reilly before him, right? right. Like he's certainly the face of the network, right. I would say. Yeah, they haven't had a great history, have they? No. They <laughs> shit-canned uh, O'Reilly. They, Roger Ailes himself was, before he passed, was wrapped up in all kinds of sexual harassment suits. Yeah. Uh, Carlson, and then that woman who's suing, um, she was a producer. She said some awful things. I saw her interviewed, how he was, his language in the office was terrible. He had these real um, filthy pictures of Nancy Pelosi on the walls of his office. Oh, wow that were either artificially generated or whatever. Yeah, right. like weird shit that comes out afterwards. Strange. Yeah, I guess some of one of Tucker's producers is saying there was a lot of like uh, misogyny, anti-Semitic yes. stuff. Kinda. Used to use the C word in the office. Really? Yeah. Probably not good for the ladies' morale, I would word, say. Man. There's a few words a rough that word. still have some power. Yeah. And that's one. Like, maybe that's the only one. I don't know, because the F word has certainly lost the F word. N word might still have a little bit of... Uh, yeah, yeah. N word is... Outside of racial yeah, epithets, well, maybe. N word and C word, yeah. 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 No. Those yeah. are two words that still uh, will make people stop and look. Like, yeah. what? But it will be interesting to see where they turn up. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure Lemon has a, a future in, in, you know, in some type of broadcasting. I don't know what. But, yeah, I mean, I think Tucker is too big of a, a, a right-wing star to not land certainly on his feet somewhere and he was uh, had a 20 million dollar a year salary and they're going to pay him out i think his contract was three it's going to get like 50 fucking million to wow. fox yeah it's pretty good yeah good money if you can get it now yeah. he may have a no compete that keeps him uh, off tv for a few years well I don't you know. could get by yeah i think he'll he'll <laughs> you know but you know he goes that's the that, that's the part though that you don't because 
Bill O'Reilly? Where the fuck is he? Nobody even knows. He shows up here or there. Yeah. He'll does, come on with Cuomo occasionally. Does a book every couple of years. But he lost a lot of cachet. And look, when you're at that level, your ego is huge, right? That's what's yeah. driving you. He lost a lot of cachet leaving Fox, and it's probably arguable that Tucker Carlson will as well. They don't. They didn't. They didn't uh, willingly leave. Well, and that's the thing too. Like, what is a bigger right wing platform than Fox News? None right like, now. Not a Newsmax. You know, you can go None. to one of those like little sister stations that are a little maybe yeah. farther right. Which I think O'Reilly did, but who's watching him? Yeah, no, Fox that's it. is. Fox is that. Fox is still the spot. The, the shit. Yeah, that's my shit. Fox is my this, shit. This my shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get that. This no. my shit. There you go. Uh, Joe Biden officially in the race as of this week. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? I don't think there's a 10% of Americans, one in 10 Americans, a right or left that want to see Biden, Trump, too. Oh, man. I mean, there's literally not one. There's not 10 in 100 people. There's not one in 10 people or 10 in 100 people or 100 in 1,000 people that want to see Biden, Trump, too. And it looks like we'll fucking get it. Yeah. Which is absolutely insanity. And probably the only Republican who Biden beats is Trump, which tells you that that party is that fucked up. Like if they can't get their head out of their ass to not nominate Trump and they lose to Biden. And of course, he'll say it was rigged and all his horse shit. But he's probably the only Republican that doesn't beat Joe Biden. Joe Biden is very vulnerable. He is 100 percent. And yeah, you could literally run out. Anybody else that's going to be on that debate stage with Trump? I mean, it's the damnedest thing. Now, yeah. there's still a long time to go. Sure. But my God, if you look at the polling, and DeSantis just shooting himself in the foot. Now Disney is all in. Have yeah. you followed the Disney? A little, yeah, somewhat. Uh, Lucas, guy I work with, who lives his, his second life at Disney. I walked in this morning. I said, so you a Disney or a DeSantis guy? Because it's just continued to grow. Now Now um, uh, Disney filed a countersuit today. And I think what happened was, really, I think Disney was sort of, they lost their footing initially. Like, what the fuck? We're Disney. What What is this guy doing? But Disney's got deep, deep pockets. I think Fox and DeSantis yeah. both found out, don't fuck with people with deep pockets. Right. Be it Disney or Dominion. Yeah. And Disney got their shit together. They got the best attorneys, and they, they came back, and they were like, you know, right. like you, a-hole. Yeah. And now there's Republicans now saying, you know, what are you doing, Ronnie? Yeah. You got to stop this shit. Dumb fight to pick. Dumb fight but, to but pick. But again, I think every culture war is it's, it's the it's, damn culture war. He really does. Like, wokeness is his issue. It's obviously polls right. very, very high among most people. Like, certainly the right. Right. But even the left. Like, we have our limit on wokeness. So I think it's a really winnable issue, certainly on the right. And he is just, every speech, it's woke, 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 all woke. In. Yeah. And, and again, like. It's some wokeness is all right. Like Disney doesn't want it is right. So if Disney wants a to, lot of it is. It's Dis- just when it gets too crazy. I exactly. Mean, again, That's going where- back to the N word. I've, I've said a thousand times. You know the whole advent, which it used to be called political correctness. Now it's fucking morphed into wokeness. All right, so whatever. But the whole advent, uh, in my mind, the whole advent of political correctness was to remove that word from the American vernacular. Now I can't speak to why it's used in rap by black guys. Why? Because I'm not a black guy. Okay. But because of white people, a lot of white people, yeah. Well, well, they use it all the time. No. First of all, they use it as a stupid thing to say, and you're not black, so shut up about that. But white people use that word at will when I was young. I heard it all the time. Not really from my dad, from Ben Zangara, the next door neighbor. My Uncle Eddie would drop it in here and there. You really don't hear that word. Great thing. That's a wonderful. There's nobody who could argue against that. Well, that was woke. 
Yeah. That's a great example. Is Ron DeSantis going to say, oh, well, that was too woke. No, I like using that word. Fuck you, it's asshole. A, it's a great, great town hall question during a debate for somebody to stand up and ask Ron DeSantis. But now, did it continue down that fucking mountain and the boulder keep, you know, the sure. snowball kept getting bigger and bigger? Yes, don't disagree with that That's either. That's your point about some of us on the left going, Jesus Christ, come yeah. on, guys. Yeah, no doubt. <sighs> and now the whole, you know, this transgender issue, which the right just plays on oh my all God. the time. Like, put Fox News on any time. I think I referenced it last week, the, the commercial against our, our governor. The uh, Governor Bashir right. wants kids as young as eight years old to be able to, con- you know, have gender reassignment surgery, which is just a blatant lie. Just a blatant lie. But also, like... Everybody agrees, 100% of human beings agree that eight-year-olds should not be able to just go change their gender, right, without... So who does that play to, Tris? And that woman runs that ad knowing that somebody's going to go, damn, that Bashir. Sure. Well, I think the people that want to buy in, like the people that are never going to see anything on the opposite side of the political aisle love that shit because they can buy right in well i'm not voting for him because he's obviously allowing eight-year-old children to have transgender (laughs) sex change surgery and you know who can get behind that obviously nobody gets behind that it's not a real thing i was in the midst of the thread between my right-wing sister and my progressive brother and I, i referenced that commercial and i explained it as well as i could my brother texted back and said i'm 700 miles away in new jersey i've never heard the name i never heard the name kelly Kraft before this text but I can tell you unequivocally that that is not true. Right. There you go. But the right does such a good job with stuff like that because I think what you also hear in the abortion fight is, well, Democrats want to want you to be able to pull out a nine-month-old baby and just kill right. it. Right. Sure. You know, uh, it's the same fear, the same fucking... And that's just you not know. a thing that happens. Like, when that happens, like, right. they've come out with no skin and there's nothing to be done. You right. know, when it's one out of every eight million childbirths or something, exactly that's right. when it has to be done. It just has and to. And you know, it's just so frustrating to watch that woman up there you know she's completely full of shit and yet she's able to run that ad and have some people say what you said before well i ain't never voting for that Bashir if he does that my goodness is that just the low information voter well that part has to be right because that has to be most of us are smart enough to even that aren't you know political uh, hobbyists to know that you know people aren't allowing eight like when have you ever seen an eight-year-old kid just come out of transgender surgery it's, it's just not a, a frustrating not, commercial. not a thing but yeah and I, I'm, I just have to go on record as saying i just don't like that guy <sighs> daniel cameron's whatever if he winds up our governor i'll live with it i don't want to see that craft woman because i think she's just completely full of shit you know that ad that she ran where they had the empty chair and she talked oh, about the yes. loss yeah, well it was bullshit yeah, they that. had a child oh. who did have a problem but he survived and he is fine oh i'm sorry is that yeah I'm hitting the table, so if you hear that. But, yeah, they had a child. And, look, it's it's a tragedy. I have a nephew who's in a wheelchair from an overdose. I get the tragedy. And my heart goes out to the Kraft family. But don't take that and set up an empty ta- a chair at yeah, the table that's complete and tell bullshit. us you understand the loss. Right. What? Yeah. What about the What a disgrace to the people who actually lost a child. Right. That's like telling a Gold Come Star on. family. Telling a Gold Star family, I know what you're going through. Right. Because my kid was in the military for three months. Terrible, it's not man. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not she the just same thing seems at all. to be very, very, um, you know, I, full of shit is the impolite way to say it. Just uh, not condescending, but uh, eh, just one of those adjectives. I, I, I don't, you know. Disingenuous, maybe? Yes, thank you. Very disingenuous. And, you know, that's that craft money, Joe Craft. The, the yes. UK basketball players stay at the Joe Craft Center. Yeah. John Calipari flies on Joe Craft's private jet. You know, he's a multimillion, maybe a billionaire from Cole. 
He's a cult. You know, he's an Eastern Kentucky multi-gazillionaire. Wow. And uh, she's trying to parlay that. She was um, Trump's uh, ambassador to the U.N. But she seems just incredibly disingenuous. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me personally, I know everybody's not like this, but, you know, with some of the problems that I have with with Ted Cruz and some of these political folks, that's the thing. Like, I don't. If you know somebody's Harvard educated, they're smart enough to know better, you know, and I'm not saying she is, but you see a lot of these people, Ivy League educated, very smart, and they'll tell you some stuff that you know they know is not true. DeSantis. Yeah, and that's, I really, that's that's the stuff I hate. I'm reading his book, Tristan, I think I told you that. I'm usually reading like three books at once, and most of them I don't finish, you know, so I I should just fucking read, it's probably my age. Mostly comic books. Yeah. But I, I make the joke. I picked up the DeSantis book because it was on the discount rack. But it's called uh, <laughs> Courage to be Free. And he basically is telling you what he did in Florida, how it's going to work for the rest of the country. But he's very much of a Ron is a great guy. You, you pick up on that. And he's I think I talked about this a couple podcasts back. So he spent six years, uh, four at Yale, two at Harvard Law School, or maybe three, seven years in the Northeast at the most prestigious colleges and basically just shits all over it. Oh, it was just such a terrible experience. All the elites, yada, 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 yada. It's like, come on, stop blowing smoke up my ass. Right. If you hated it that bad, go fucking back to Tallahassee, Gainesville, go to the University of Florida. You right. could have done that. Yes. You know, it's like I, I, you know, the, the Christian person who says, oh, that uh, porn movie was so terrible, I had to watch it twice. You know? Fuck <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you, Ronnie. So again, yeah. disingenuous. Right. And that's yes. the type of stuff. And I'm sure we've got our examples of that on the left, although one doesn't immediately <laughs> no, pop I'm, into mind you know, where... Somebody's looking at me, telling me some junk, but but yeah, it, it is it's hard to hard to see. I'll say this: Let me throw this out for our Republican friends this week. Um, man, I told you the gas story earlier. While I was waiting for the jeep to be pulled around, I was watching about ten minutes of a Trump interview on OEN. OAN, I OAN. Think it is. Yeah, I don't know where you can find it. I'd watch it if I could find it. And it's I was, extreme right wing, I think. Yeah, it, I will say this: the thing about the ten minutes of that Trump interview I saw, it is completely different than what we see in our liberal bubble. Now, just on the flip side of that is exactly the opposite of what folks on the right are seeing with Joe Biden stuttering through. And I I think it is fascinating, and it's so good when you do get out of that. But now, not that I saw Trump and I thought, well, I can look over January 6th and he's got my vote. You know, I'm not crazy. But it made you stop and think like, No, no, not even that. It's just that I guess it's more a fascination of how the media portrays people to us. And when we're in our bubbles, that's all we're going to see now. So, you know, it's not like... It seems reasonable. He's trying to seem more reasonable, so I'm sure he's seeming somewhat more reasonable because he's running for president again. But, you know, it doesn't take away the fact that he doesn't admit that he lost the last time. And, you know, there's some things that are unforgivable, even if he can sit down and do a 20-minute conversation interview and seem somewhat reasonable. But, no, I just think it is fascinating, folks that are listening, before you hate those other stupid people that just don't get it on the other side, no matter which side you're on. Look, man, your bubble looks pretty great. And it is pretty fascinating to know that, you know, there is certainly two sides. There are certainly two sides. Brother, as I always say, we did it again. How about that? What do you got? You got comedy? Well, I don't know. So so my wife calls me today and says to me, what is it that has no body and no nose? No idea. Nobody knows. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) 
nice. that's for Aaron. For, that's Maria Pond joke of the day. Or it should be the dad's joke's got to be for the dad's dad story. Jokes, yeah, I didn't it's even have to go easy. to the dad book on that one. So yeah, thank, thank you, Patty. That's pretty good. It's Nobody always knows. nice. Very right. good. So what do you got? So, so I, I put together a little uh, Berea Pond top ten list here. Oh, nice. I like these. Well, yeah, so top ten reasons why listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray is better than watching Tucker Carlson. Okay. So what I'd like to do is get some of his audience to take the time they would have spent with Tucker and put it on us. So sure. Here's some reasons why. Okay. Uh, number 10, we will never show you only the parts of a boxing match that the fighters are sitting in their corner and claim that boxing is nonviolent. An homage to his brilliant. January 6th footage. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, let's see. That was number 10. Number nine, we try to make both sides feel like assholes, <laughs> unlike Tucker, who only did one side. Uh, number eight, at least when Ray gets us canceled for racist jokes, no one will have to pay three quarters of a billion dollars. <laughs> That's why uh, I can do racist jokes. Do I do racist jokes? You'll slide uh, a few things in now and again. I don't know if racist is fair, but so, certainly somebody looking for a microaggression could find them. Right, so I've got, I'm sorry to interrupt here, but I'll, I'll throw this in. Have we gone over an hour? If it goes over an hour, I might have trouble getting into We're at 103 right now. Well, we got the little, hopefully I can You can down. trim that down to 101. I'm listening to Comedy Channel. I'm wondering what happened to this guy, Daniel Tosh, right? Remember him? Yeah, he's and still he's, on. Okay. Tosh.0. But he, he did a bit that I laughed out loud when I was driving. He's like, man, I think we've gone too far. And this is from like 2010. I I think we've gone too far with political correctness. I would just love to hear an announcer say, God, black guys can really run. All right, back to you, Bob. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. You know, I laughed out loud when he said that. Ray, Ray not associated with Dad's Flooring, <laughs> Front Porch Studios, or Maria Pond. Uh, number seven, ways that listening to us is better than watching Tucker Carlson. Number seven. Our sponsors are way better than the My Pillow guy. Thanks, Berea Pond and Dad's Flooring. That, Amen. That guy's kind of crazy. He's going to be sitting Trump's Secretary of State, but go on. Uh, maybe VP. <laughs> Number six. You know, I'm interrupting you again. You go, know, go ahead. You know the worst the, the, thing? The best thing about top tens, they don't need any kind of a flow to be funny. You know the worst thing about that fucking Mike Lindell? What's that? I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> I spent 200 bucks several Christmases ago. Oh, again, no. I, again, not knowing anything about his politics. Same. I don't know who it. he was. Not 200, but I bought one. Well, I bought four $50 pillows <laughs> yeah. for everybody in the family. Trison, I didn't think they were great pillows. They weren't. I no, swear same. to God, I didn't I, think they were great pillows. Before I knew his politics, I had purchased and been disappointed by a pillow. It's a true story. Yeah, it just it's was a not, true story. 100%. It's, a, it's like a $20, $10 pillow you just go to Walmart and grab out of the bin. It's nothing special about I it. I think Riels thought it was okay. The rest of us didn't like it at all. And that was like seven years ago. I didn't even know who Mike Lindell was. I saw a Same. commercial. 100%. Now, so every time I see him, like, that bastard got $200 of my money for a shitty product. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, I will not interrupt you again. Well marketed, apparently. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely true. So again, top 10 reasons why listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray is better than watching Tucker Carlson. Number six, we're too small to be fact-checked, so we're basically never wrong. That's kind like of nice. Yes. yes. Number five, you will never catch us ever destroying unopened beer, even if it's Bud Light. Very, very true. Yeah, like some free unopened beer. Bill, what's their stock's down 17%. Wow, that's a lot. Jesus. Number four, no testicle tanning. Uh, I don't know that reference. Tucker Carlson was saying to raise testosterone among men, you needed to tan your testicles. You know? Wow. It was kind of a big deal for a minute when he was ah. saying that. So, yeah, yeah. With, with extreme common sense, no testicle tanning. Oh, hell no. Yeah, <laughs> none of that. 
number three, we aren't making enough money to lie for an agenda. Side note, if Rupert Murdoch calls, Ray and I will be on Fox News talking about how woke Mr. Potato Head is and grooming your kids to be trans. This show definitely is for sale. But at least at the moment, we're not making enough money to lie for an agenda. So, uh, Number two, no stupid bow ties. And the number one reason why listening to us is better than Tucker Carlson, we will never groom you to fuck green M&Ms. Mm, I am familiar with that one. Yeah. That was such a strange thing to be mad about. Strange stuff, man. Yeah. Strange stuff. All right, brother. All right. So thanks to Troy Front Porch Studios, Berea Pond, Dad's Flooring, BuckshotLed.com for Aaron. Uh, they're also at 107 Clay Drive. Nate at Stove Leg Media, the Rational Boomer Podcast, and new listeners, Uncle Sparky and Stone. Oh, you. Thanks, thanks for listening. That. that was very cool. Yeah. Hey, thanks. thank you to you. You. Trizen hit me with a little scratch today. Those are big days. I'm hey, man. usually giving to him. Thank Any, anytime. You. To help out with our buddy. Oh, I already mentioned him here. Troy. He's already got. Our natural, the, yeah. Nate. Nate, yes. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Trizen. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trizen and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. This is a jingle for my podcast. This is a jingle for my podcast. This is a jingle for my podcast. Podcasting tips from the front porch. This is a jingle for my podcast.